Hey everyone, Jacob here. Um, this is a cursed episode. I'm going to keep it 100 with you. Uh, we both had some problems that led to some really rough audio stuff. Namely, like I disconnected when we had a couple teams left, so I'm on my phone's internal mic for the end of the episode. And Drew uh, was just having really choppy internet the whole time. So this episode, it's rough. We both have kind of bad audio at different points, but I wanted to upload it. You can still get most of the point of what we're trying to say and... Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, I want to put out our power rankings. So, thankfully, it's not, I guess, that important of an episode in the grand scheme of things. Uh, we'll be back on Thursday with our Hot Takes episode. And then, starting next Wednesday, we'll be on our regular schedule. So, get hype. Previously recorded in both Murfreesboro and Chattanooga, Tennessee, this is NFLs, a production by Next Season Sports Media. by Kid Cudi. My name is Jacob Wilkinson. My name is Drew Wade, and as referenced by that uh, intro, I'm sure my audio quality is day and night from how it was in the last episode. Just <laughs> go ahead and get out and apologize for that. It, it was um, it was bad. Off whip. It, it, was, it was bad, but it's good now, and um, what's good with you? You just got back from a trip to the motherland, aka to Philadelphia. The, the motherland <laughs> had a real good cheesesteak. Um, it was a good time. Also visited Baltimore while I was away. Uh, That's cool. So, Have you been to yeah. Baltimore before? No, my first time to Baltimore had some good crab cakes. So sounds like a good time. Yeah. Um. Well, I think we should address the the dangling knife in the air. The big news. Um. I guess dangling I, I, knife. Let's yeah. Let's grab I, it. I don't even. Let's grab that knife. I don't even <laughs> want to talk about it because I'm so bummed. Um, the last like time we have to Watson. talk about it for a while. Yeah, for eleven weeks. Eleven so. NFL weeks. <laughs> yeah, Deshaun Watson is going to be suspended for eleven weeks and paying a fine of five million dollars, which is. You know, about half of what he made for sitting out last year. So not not even plenty more than that. Um Yeah. Not good. Not good. Uh very sad. Um I am curious I'm honestly kinda surprised that like it's it seems like maybe a settlement did end up happening last minute. I like I really just didn't think that that was gonna be on the table, honestly, because it seemed like uh, Deshaun Watson and his crew had really earned the ire of uh, our esteemed commissioner Roger Goodell, and honestly, like it didn't seem like the public was <laughs> interested in seeing a settlement happen. So, yeah, it's a very strange move for me. What What do you think? Yeah, I just think it's really weird when you hear when we heard all leading up to that that the NFL was hoping for. Uh... <laughs> Like a full year suspension at least and a hefty yeah. fine. And they're, I mean, Roger Goodell appointed someone like who he, I'm sure he thought this guy was going to act in the best interest of what the NFL wanted as well. So it just seems really far off from what they said they wanted. Yeah. Um, and really I sorry. hate, I hate that it seems like a, 
there's like a showmanship element to it because literally the first game he's back, they're playing the Texans in Houston, which yeah. I don't understand how if you're someone who's upset by this ruling as as we are, how you can't be cynical about the decision that was made yeah. by the NFL. But whatever. Agree. Yeah, very um, disappointing, but um, <laughs> the NFL handling the abuse of women, I don't know what we expected, <laughs> really. <laughs> um, so, uh, what? just as a quick note, because we hit the Browns on the last episode, we've been doing a lot of posturing about how this final ruling was going to affect our outlook for the team. What, what do you think? I, I'm honestly kind of pretty much exactly where I've been this whole time, which is just, I'm expecting them to be pretty run heavy, have an awkward week or two trans translating into like being a more pass heavy offense and probably not clutch out the playoffs this season with only six games of Deshaun Watson. Um, yeah. So they are going to make the playoffs just because of how many good teams there are in the AFC. Um, but who knows? Like you said, they're probably going to be really run heavy with Jacoby Brisket leading the charge at quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, if they can like stay afloat, maybe they're a game above 500 by the time Deshaun comes back. Late season playoff push, especially because, yeah. you know, there's three wild card spots now. But True. I'm not, I don't think, or the Brown for that matter, have as many expectations for this team for this year as, you know, they will for the rest of this contract and beyond. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think um, this season, I mean, I think the Browns kind of have to be feeling like, I mean, obviously it was going to be only six games, like just a few days ago, but I feel like the Browns have to feel like they kind of have made out like bandits in the green. Oh yeah. Of things they have a decent campaign for going for them this year and a lot of upside going into the next couple of years. So yeah, all in all a very safe gamble for them. Um, any other news worth news in? Oh, the, the Tom Brady thing, I guess is kind of interesting. Oh yeah. Just how his team pretty much didn't know where he was for a while. And they were just pretending <laughs> that they knew where he was. Yeah. But now he's back, so I guess it all it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, and then also that like apparently he was going to be a raider and uh that the clip of him oh, yeah. saying that a team was was sticking with that MFR was um <laughs> Derek Carr just got run Derek over Carr. by a bus this weekend when that news dropped. It's ridiculous. <laughs> um what do you what do you think do you think that the Raiders with Tom Brady would have been any scarier than like the Bucks have been with him? Um, I think that him landing with the Bucks was a better situation for him, and I think he found more success there than he would have with the Raiders. We're talking about going to the what the twenty season, but that mm-hmm. means defense didn't have Khalil Mack anymore. Um, their best weapons on us really weren't much different than what they have now. You know, Darren Waller and uh. Jacobs running the ball. So I think, you know, the Raiders would have been better, obviously. I think Tom Brady's a better quarterback than Derek Carr, but I think right. all in all it worked out better for Tom that he ended up in Tampa Bay just with the the of weapons that he had there and yeah. everything going right. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think um 
in the clip he was saying like that he didn't even really want to end up at that team. Honestly, it doesn't surprise me that he wouldn't have seen the Raiders as being like a, a great match for him. But um, interesting that they made the push. Also interesting to me that Gruden is the one who blew it, it all up, apparently. Yeah. Um, he'd have a lot <laughs> more faith in uh, Derek Carr than I thought he did, honestly. Um, but also, screw that guy. So, <laughs> yeah, true. Um, <laughs> let, let's get into the top half of the power rankings. Woo! T- today, we are going to cover team 16 through team number one. And I just want to say, like, I mean, honestly, I don't think it's like this every time we cut the power rankings in half. But the, today's episode is the contenders, if you ask me. These Any of these teams are capable of an appearance in at the very least their conferences championship. Um, I think that yeah. all of, all of these teams can cook, have a lot of things going for them um, and are exciting. So like literally from the get go, we're going to be talking about some really solid teams that just um, essentially just have like more outstanding or clearly defined weaknesses than the ones above them, because that's like really the only thing that you could use to separate like some of these teams that Mm -hmm. we have here today, really just all the way down the list, pretty strong. So do you want to go first or? Yeah, absolutely. So like you said, off the top here, we're starting with a team that finished first in its conference last, uh, last football season. That is the Tennessee Titans. Um, might draw some ire from this from our from our fan base as we as we often do. But uh, number sixteen, first team we're talking about here in the contenders, lost AJ Brown this off season. Uh, holla at me, Titans fans! I know that one hurt. Um, so happy to have him on the Eagles, but that is really a huge hit for their offense because he at least gave them another dimension toward the opposing defenses didn't just worry about Derrick Henry. And now I feel like they can stack the box even more going against the Titans. Um, but that being said, I think Robert was a sneaky good pickup for this team in the off season. I think that a lot of people forget how good of a receiver that Robert Woods is. He's coming off that injury, that torn ACL. So it's really going to be contingent upon whether he looks like the same guy still. But um, I mean, I think that, they have top seven to be top five defense in the league if all goes to plan. And, um, I mean, that in and of itself pretty much was enough to get them the number one seed last year in the AFC. So uh, mm. don't take this placement of them at number 16 as a, a slight in any any regard. There's just other teams we're more excited. Yeah. I think um, it's weird because the Titans going into last season, like had a lot of hype, but they certainly weren't really being looked at as like a a defensively strong team. They were kind of like one of the teams along with the chiefs that kind of had to learn how to shore it up defensively because they just weren't really like hitting the same consistent highs that they were used to on offensive output. Um, I agree with you that like a lot of people are sort of, underestimating the options that they've picked up this offseason at wide receiver, especially Bobby trees. But um, Bobby. I do think AJ green. I mean, yeah, AJ green was just uh, AJ, AJ Brown. Brown. Oh my God. <laughs> the other color. <laughs> I know I, I did it and stopped myself and then did it again for some reason. AJ Brown, <laughs> like uh, was 
like you said, a, a huge dimension for this offense. And I think honestly, for me, the reason why we're seeing the Titans pretty universally ranked around the 16 spot is just because like they are out of all the offenses we're going to talk about on this episode, like one of the hardest to really know like what we're, what to expect from this season, mm-hmm. which could be a good thing. Um, but you know, Derrick Henry could also like be coming back a little slow. They could be like Tannehill, you know, isn't notoriously good at introducing new targets into his spread. Um, so that could take a little while. Like, I, I think they could, they, this team has great fundamentals and I think they could totally solidify themselves, especially in this like bad division. But I, I think like, yeah, the, the reason why they are going from like number one seed going into the playoffs last year to like 14th to 17th on most power rankings is because I just think like, it's really hard for anybody to look at this team and be like, Oh, like, this, this, and this easy wins for this team, which I feel like you can do for a lot of the other mm-hmm. teams that we're going to talk about this episode. Um, so yeah, that is the Titans at 16th at number 15. We have um, a hot and cold contender. I'd say mm-hmm. um, constantly in the conversation right up until December. And then um, they fly South for the winter. I guess we're talking of course about the Arizona Cardinals, uh, a team that, yeah, last year was happy dancing at number one on most power rankings for a good amount of the year. Um, really kind of locked down the number one spot for a lot of people before the Kyler Murray injury happened. Um, and it's not really hard to see why they had such a crazy versatile offense. Kyler Murray is obviously a playmaker to his core, um, finds insanely creative ways to score points like on every drive um, really uses every part of their offense to its full advantage, including himself most of the time. Um, (laughs) And uh, also they had like an insanely hungry uh, pass rushing defense last year as well. Um, But then, you know, winter came the classic Arizona Cardinals thing happened. They lost like, six out of nine and then a playoff game and suddenly went from, you know, top five contender to that team that had some good wins in September, just like they do every year. Um, and I think this season with them losing a couple different key players, uh, including Chandler Jones on the defense that I just mentioned earlier. And also um, one of their wide receivers whose name is Casey right now. Um, Christian Kirk. That's right. Uh, yeah, so they've lost a couple key players. And Not to mention, DeAndre Hopkins is going to be out for the first six games of the season. Of course, uh, with his injury. So, yeah, I suspension. think... Suspension. right, sorry. <laughs> suspension, my bad. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I think uh, lots of question marks about this offense. I think that most people are just sort of expecting them to to end up mediocre this time around, which is why yeah. there's not a whole lot of, of heat for the Cardinals at the moment. Yeah, I I can see that. Uh, I've definitely seen that in like the public opinion of this team uh, up until this point, but I kind of think people are too low on them. I think I mentioned that on a previous mm-hmm. episode. I think that Kyler Murray is still, you know, one of the best young quarterbacks in the league. They traded for 
Marquise Hollywood Brown this offseason. I think that's going to be a huge addition for them, uh, especially considering the fact that he's already got some pre-built-in chemistry from playing with Kyler Murray in college. And, um, you know, the fact of the matter of DeAndre Hopkins missing six games is going to hurt hurt a little bit but then you know he'll be healthy after week six of the season so that's going to be a plus uh, because that's something he's dealt with the past couple of years is uh injury and when he's able to field uh with kyler murray this offense has looked at the tippity top of the league yeah. so um if they're able to weather the storm of deandre hopkins missing time which i think they will with hollywood um i think that we're still gonna be talking about this team as like pushing for an NFC West division title because they were mm-hmm. still in contention for that right up until the very end last year. So, Oh, yeah. I also think, um, honestly, having something to fight for might be a good thing for this team that we haven't really been able to see from them yet. Because um, obviously, like, the first couple of seasons we did this show, they were, like, nothing. They like, one of the worst teams in the league, not really worth talking about. But ever since, like, Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler have found their, like, chemistry it's been kind of the same son and dance of them being like kind of the wonder kids of the nfl and they're on top and it's like this is their season to lose and it's like i'm not gonna say they get complacent because injuries and things have happened but like they're getting they just keep getting knocked off the pedestal you know what i mean so i think like having to actually scrap for that position like could maybe do them a lot of good and um bring out some better fundamental play which i think is maybe mirrored in the fact that We've talked about this a few times already this offseason, but Kyler Murray has like a homework clause now. So I think like it, it seems like they're really focused on on uh, their fundamentals <laughs> at the yeah, moment. Definitely. So. All right. Moving on to the number 14 team in the NFL's consensus power rankings, a team that we talked about earlier, almost the home of Tom Brady in the 2020 season. That is the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, they added potentially the best wide receiver in the world this offseason with Devontae Adams coming over from Green Bay. Um, they, uh, I believe they signed Chandler Jones, who left the Cardinals. So adding to that already formidable pass rush with Mac- Max Crosby. And uh, I think this is going to be a pretty good team this season. And I think the reason that they're probably buried down this low is just <laughs> where they are as far as division. Uh, yeah. An unfortunate. Unfortunate lot for them, but that's how it is. Yeah, I think I had them like 16th in my list, and you had them like 12th or so. And I told you when we were texting about it that um, this is like basically one of the first times ever that I've been comfortable ranking a team um, lower based on their division. I mean, it's just the fact of the matter that is that the Raiders are going to have a lot of hills to climb for mm-hmm. a good chunk of their um, division. Not to mention like... AFC West already arguably having like one of the hardest schedule lineups this year. Um, and with the Raiders stealing a second seed last year, I don't know. I just think that like, I think very rarely, like I want schedule to matter, but I think that like this team is just going to have a lot of um, hurdles to get over in order to be a top tier team. And that's not necessarily something that, I would worry about with like even the Titans who we've already talked about this episode. Um, But I am very curious about the addition of Devontae Adams. I wouldn't be surprised if it ends up being something that doesn't really matter that much. But I also think that like this could certainly be the 
easy target that Derek Carr has never really had at his with his tenure with this team. Um, I think it could maybe do him a lot of good to just have a freebie first down option and be able to like keep up some momentum on the field, which is something that I think the Raiders struggle with against a lot of strong defenses. So, um, and also not to mention, um, even though I think we'll talk about this later, even though I think maybe the chargers made a better investment in this regard, um, this is a division where you want some pass rushing options. And I think that like Chandler Jones is a great answer to like all of the quarterback work that the other three teams in this division have been doing. Um, the Raiders are certainly trying to not let Derek Carr look like the worst quarterback in this division, which I respect because again, that's going to be, there's some hurdles you're going to have to overcome to get to that mm-hmm. point. <laughs> um, next up we have the team that drew loves talking about the most. Um, a- Ooh, baby. <laughs> um, Dallas's own, Cowboys, the first team in Dallas, uh, the first of two football teams in the near future. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Can't uh, wait for them to get an expansion team. <laughs> they deserve it. <laughs> uh, man, it makes me so. I stunlock myself every time I think about that tweet. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, the Cowboys, 13th, uh, coming into this season in the power rankings. Where were they? rank where what was their final record last year it was like 12 and 5 11 and 6 12 and 5 yeah 12 and I 5 believe. yeah 12 and 5 with like a third seed in the NFC so this is another team that um has been sort of demoted in this power rankings um i know that i'm going first here but i want to hear it from a certified cowboys hater like why do you think that the league doesn't have it's now don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm seeing the Cowboys ninth, 10th, like on plenty of power rankings, but like they are not seeing, you know, like S tier attention. Like, yeah. Like they were getting for a lot of last year. So why do you think that is? So I think a lot of that's probably Mike McCarthy. Uh, never been one to inspire much confidence in any team that he's leading since the Packers won Super Bowl in 2010 um, and showed it again last year in that playoff bumbling loss at the end there to the san francisco 49ers which i love to think about and i would love to go <laughs> back and watch the end of that game again but also just the uh, uh they're going through some tough times on the offensive side of the ball they traded away amari cooper this offseason so mm-hmm. they did that to themselves uh assuming that they would have a stronger receiver core than they do right now cd lamb is going to be leading the way and he should be a stud um i think that's very very possible but uh, behind him, the number two wide receiver right now is third-round rookie Jalen Tolbert, and mm-hmm. they are going to be waiting for Michael Gallup to return back from the ACL injury. No guarantee that he's going to look like the same player. Um, they signed James Washington in the offseason. He was supposed to add some depth to that wide receiver room as a veteran, and he is going to be missing, I think, eight to ten weeks with a foot injury, so that's going to be a big blow to their offense as well. On top of that... Um, Zeke is another year older. I still expect him to be a, a strong player for them this year. Jerry Jones has already said that they're going to need to rely on him, but I just think it's a whole lot of unfortunate circuit. Not unfortunate for me. I love to see it, but circumstances right. <laughs> coming together um, for the Cowboys to kind of put the public opinion lower on them than usually we see at this time of the year. Cause usually this is Cowboys season is yeah. <laughs> right before the start of the year. 
Yeah, I think um, this is why I was comfortable putting them like towards the lower half of the of the top sixteen because, like, I don't know if the Cowboys aren't being lauded as like an obvious contender in the NFC, then that to me says that like they are you know at grip of losing the division, which I think we're going to talk about here in a second. But um, yeah, I think like this is like for an off season where nobody will shut the hell up about quarterbacks. Like nobody's talking about Dak Prescott, which I think is a very telling fact because for a lot of a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I definitely think he could pop off. Don't get me wrong. And I, and I'm a big Dak believer, but I like, for a lot of last season, it was like, oh, it was like, you know, this whole team was going to be made or broken by this guy. And now you have, you know, Jerry Jones being like, oh, we're just going to like bring it back to our core and like giving the ball to Zeke. I don't know. I, yeah. I think I think there's a little trouble in paradise with um, Dallas. And I think that their time of being able to just kind of take a nap in this division since the Eagles um, Super Bowl is coming to an end. And even though we talked pretty negatively about the other two teams last episode, they're both like, they're, they're bringing their average age down significantly and trying new things, which means that like, they're also adding some heat to the pot a little bit. So I think like Dallas is Dallas went like what five and one in the division last year. Like I certainly don't expect that to happen this time around. So yeah, definitely swept the Eagles. I can tell you that Uh, they actually went six and oh in the division, swept the whole division. So no way that happens this year <laughs> for sure. So certainly not. That, yeah, I'd expect. I wouldn't be surprised if they dropped half of them. So I think, yeah, the Cowboys, sort of like the Titans. You know, lots of different things can work out for this team, but um, they don't really have the same clear direction that we're looking for in a top ten team. Which is why I think anybody ranking them top ten is just an NFL.com writer who doesn't know that you're allowed to put Dallas outside the top ten <laughs> on the power rankings. Um, well, who do we have next, Andy Mack? It's time to talk about the boards. Can I just the say, Eagles. Yeah. we're doing a top half episode today, and we're talking about both of our teams. Like, hey. when has this ever happened? It's exciting Look at stuff. us. Look at us, huh? Who would have thought? Who would have thought? <laughs> uh, yeah, so let's get into the Eagles. I've talked about them a little bit this offseason. Of course, dropped an extra point probably a month and a half ago now. Uh, but I'm trying not to get too excited about this team, but they look they look pretty good. I'm not going to lie. The starters played one offensive series in their first preseason game. Uh, but straight down the field, it went 6-6, threw a touchdown pass to Dallas Gert. Um Didn't throw a single pass to A.J. Brown, which seemed weird, but then after the game, it was like, or A.J. Brown said, yeah, he told me he wasn't going to throw me the ball. And I'm assuming it's because all of these stories were coming out of camp, like, oh, he's only throwing to A.J. Brown, A.J. Brown's mm-hmm. getting all the targets. So I'm super just wanted to show that, hey, I don't have to rely on just this guy. Yeah. And he proved that out. And on top of that, Devontae Smith, their second receiving option, wasn't even in that game. So I think this offense is going to look a lot better than it did last year. I think they're not going to have to just run the ball um, 100 mm-hmm. times a game, although they're going to be successful when they do have to run the ball because they have maybe the best offensive line in the league. Mm-hmm. Secondary, at least their starters are beefed up. Their linebacking core is beefed up. <sighs> they just... And I'm just... I'm just going to be waiting for it to all come crashing down because that's just... <laughs> Eagles fan, but they look really good. 
good, and I love the moves moves that they've made this offseason. Yeah, I I think like the Eagles are have had like quietly one of the best off seasons. Um, like the people who are talking about them are talking about them pretty highly, but like I I think that they just have had a very well managed off season. Like they have gone over, they've gone after like exactly the the weaknesses that I think people knew that they needed to address. They've shored up things that were already strong to turn them into like, you know, um, signature strengths rather than just like good things that they have going for them. Um, I think that this offense like desperately needed depth last season. And that was sort of the only thing, like keeping it outside of being a top tier team, because when you would see them whoop up on a team like us (laughs) or um, (laughs) the lions, the the lions or the good team or the good game they played against the giants. um, It just like, was so clear that they were more than capable of just like skill checking these bad defenses and um, just like their, their own defensive secondary was going to keep bad offenses off the field. No problem. And like all they needed was just a little bit of like curiosity from the other team's defensive coordinator about what <laughs> to expect would happen mm-hmm. next. And I think that like, I, I really like the way that this wide receiving core is coming together. And I think a lot of people who are not giving Jalen Hurts credit for being a, a incredibly hard worker and also just like uh, a quarterback who's proven himself before. Like it's just, we've seen time and time again that sometimes it takes these guys like a couple of years to, get used to covering an NFL spread and like he is like clearly trending in the right direction. And I, I I think anybody who has looked at like the last season and a half and decided like, Oh, Jalen hurts, like isn't starting quality. Like yeah, has half of the Eagles fan base. So, Oh my gosh. It makes me so mad. Yeah, definitely counting chickens before they've hatched in my opinion. So I, I, I think that the Eagles are, a secret a top secret contender this season and and to me like probably one of the more exciting like uh division upsets that you could that you could call and and have a good feeling about so um i guess we'll talk about one of my family's teams now one more time for the road bird up bird up that's right uh, let's talk about the Indianapolis Colts at number 11, because that's how many wins they're going to get this season. Um, that's just Ooh. how how it works when a team like the Colts have a quarterback like Matt Ryan. Um, I have heard I'm not going to I'm not going to say names, but a particularly sour Titans f- friend of mine um, is quite nauseous with the amount of positive energy the Colts are getting <laughs> right now. And I told him the other day, Reagan, when you give a team with nine <laughs> pro bowlers <laughs> a quarterback like Matt Ryan, I just don't know what else you're going to expect. It's just like the the simple math of it is that the Colts are one of like the strongest teams on paper. Like, like, yeah. like the Colts are playing fantasy right now is basically all I can say. Like um, I, and it, is a true I think I think the real like shock is that the Colts were gated last year by the complete lack of leadership that they found in Mr. Carson Wentz and also just um the Titans being on their A game earlier on in the season when both of their divisional matchups happened but both of those things 
I think are going to come to pass a little bit differently this time around. I think Matt Ryan is going to be much more capable of using Jonathan Taylor to his advantage. And um, I'm expecting very good things from the Colts and just about everybody else is too. I mean, just like, like honestly, just like look at the math of this team. Like they were 11 and five with Phillip rivers a couple of years ago. Yep. And like the rest of the roster only got better last year. I, th- I think it, you can look at their turmoil post Peyton into how good they got with Andrew Luck and the turmoil after that. I think that the Colts are just so clearly reliant on they got some daddy issues, you know what I mean? And Matt Ryan <laughs> is is a big old burly papa. And I think like he's exactly <laughs> exactly who this team needs right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Really big You said already nine Pro Bowlers last season. The good team that improved at the sport's most important position. So mm-hmm. not really much more to say about it than uh than that. Yeah. <laughs> it should be real good this year. Sorry, Titans fans. Yeah, I think um, this division is hot. This is going to be an exciting contest for me between these two teams. Um, yeah, I'm excited to see how it plays out for sure. And with that, let's break into our top 10. At number 10, we, ooh, we have a team that was maligned with just a, a series of injuries uh, over and over again last season. And because of that, ultimately did not make the playoffs. That is the Baltimore Ravens with former MVP Lamar Jackson leading the charge. I think that with some better injury like this team should probably even higher than number 10. Um, I think this is a very good ball team. I think Lamar is going to prove a doubt along this season. He's such a great passer and nobody wants to acknowledge it. And he just, I, the joke is just to call him a running back over and over again. Ha, that's so funny. But he's a, a very good quarterback and he's going to prove it again this year. And just assuming that, you know, like I said, the injuries go their way. But I'm excited to see the Ravens this year. What about you? Yeah, I'm obviously very excited. I love this team. Um, Lamar has been um, one of my favorite quarterbacks to watch ever since he broke out with that insane MVP season where, if I'm not mistaken, like I'm pretty sure he was unanimously selected as MVP. He sure Absolutely was. Absolutely crazy. Crazy stuff. Um, I think that... Something that I have really liked about the Ravens offseason has been watching Lamar. Um, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for right now? Uh, negotiate his own contract with the Ravens. Have you seen this? Have you heard about this? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he, uh, yeah, was represented himself, managed his own contract with the Ravens. I really like Harbaugh and I really like the way he runs a team and something I really like about Harbaugh is that he knows that as a head coach, your quarterback is your closest coworker. You know what I mean? That you, you have to be, you have to be two sides of the same coin and um, Harbaugh knows that. And I kind of adore that the Ravens let Lamar like negotiate his own contract and like went through this process with him, which is very, you know, um, non it's uh pretty non-standard for the NFL, and I think like they didn't necessarily need to put up with it. But like the Ravens and Jim Harbaugh know like that this is their guy, and I and I love that, and I and I want to see more teams yeah. do that. Um, and to me, like all these other people who think that like 
the Ravens are crazy. Like the Ravens know what they have because Lamar Jackson like is their guy. Um, and we saw what he was able to do like with literally just Mark Andrews last year. So I think like with um, the rest of this team coming back from the IR, like you said, um, they are going to have some like some maturity, just like, like wiseness, I guess just age of um, expertise in the game Hills to overcome against some of these like more seasoned offenses. But I just want to like call everybody back to 2019 like you don't you've never heard of covid before and (laughs) the ravens are far and away the best offense in the nfl like it's just week after week putting monstrous performances up on some of the best defenses we had in this league including dismantling the seahawks who were like pretty aggressively pushing for number one at that point as well um so i i think like yeah i this is another team that i just don't understand how people can be so like resilient on their opinions of like Tom Brady or like the chargers, but then like think that the Ravens are doomed after last year when we've seen like what Lamar Jackson can do like with a good season. So yeah, this, this is a scary team to me for sure. Um, Up next is a team that I honestly really don't know what to expect from, but um, not really sure how they got above the Ravens in our power rankings, to be honest. Yeah. I don't really know either. (laughs) Um, there, I will say pretty much universally getting top 10 nods on power rankings. I've seen them as high as like fourth on some, um, doesn't shock me. I guess they did make an NFC championship last year. They have seen a super bowl during the NFL's era. Um, have had a pretty insane win rate whenever they've had a starting quarterback who isn't on the IR. Of course, I'm talking about the 49ers, um, coming in here at number nine, they still technically have two quarterbacks, but I think like it's pretty obvious that Jimmy G is not going to be seeing any starting time. They've offered him to just about any Tom, Dick, and Mary in the league who's looking for a backup quarterback. Um, and I think a lot of people have decided that the 49ers offense is ready for big things, and all they needed was Trey Lance and not dumb old Jimmy G to make that happen. So, I mean... When you have a guy like Debo Samuel, I get it. When you have this wide receiver room, I understand. Um, to me, I just haven't necessarily looked at Trey Lance, any of Trey Lance's stints taking over this team as being like obvious proof that they needed to shift. Yeah. But I don't believe in Jimmy Garoppolo at all. So I I kind of get where people are coming from. Um, and also, I completely trust the 49ers coaching staff. So um yeah I, I i'm kind of buying in on the hype a little bit but i don't think i am as much as other people like to me like they're probably above the ravens because i was just like oh i'm hearing everyone say this team is good but like they're but they're not breaking into like top five for me yeah w- what do you think yeah i certainly could see things going that way but like we just don't know what trey lance is going to look like as a full season nfl starter i mean dude has played so few football games since high school yeah i think he played like one full season at an fcs school in college so um i'm not doubting his physical abilities at all he obviously is a very good uh runner uh that's huge part of being an nfl quarterback nowadays and he can also just bomb the ball 50 yards down the field like it's nothing Mm -hmm. so that's gonna be another great element for this offense that was already pretty good with you know mediocre quarterback play from jimmy garoppolo so if trey lance is 
at his ceiling or close to his ceiling, then yeah, this could definitely end up being a top five NFL team by the end of the season. But I mm-hmm. guess that, like you said, that's why they're down here at nine for um I'm excited to see how well they do. I We talk about the West every episode. I think them and the Cardinals and the Rams are all going to be really good again this year. So yeah. I'm going to be eating up a lot of the playoff positions in the NFC, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, I. I'm excited to see what comes from this team. I think like the one credit that I'm definitely comfortable giving them kind of speaking to what I said about the coaching staff. I think that this offense has been, I know I've been using this word a lot this episode, but has been like one of the deepest offense is that we've seen in the league. And like the, the year that they had their um, Super Bowl appearance and also honestly, like in their uh, playoff campaign last season, I think like, the the way that they use every little part of their offense always strikes me as not necessarily creative, but so intelligent. Like they always just know exactly what they have to work with. I don't think it's a coincidence that Juwan had like nine receptions and like like five of them were TDs. Like they know like only give this guy yeah. the ball. Like you, you know, like they just like they know how to they know what they have at all points. And I think that this this offensive spread is very good at making space for each other and creating a lot of really good opportunities. And this coach is incredible at creating a lot of good opportunities. So it's just going to, like you said, come down to like, does Trey Lance have the experience and on field wisdom and like, (laughs) like confidence to take advantage of all the good situations that are going to be created for him? Because if he does, like, I mean, they're waltzing into a playoffs position in my opinion. So let me, even just add to what you just said, you're talking about having confidence in the coaching staff. Kyle Shanahan, I mean, he's obviously one of the best offensively minded head coaches in the league. Um, I heard this, I heard listening to the, the Ringer Fantasy Football Show, just to give credit to where I heard the stat, but the quickest player to ever reach, what was it? Or the most passing yards in their first 16 starts in the NFL. Uh, Number one was Patrick Mahomes. And number two was Nick Mullins of oh the 49ers. Goodness. So, yeah, Kyle Shanahan is one of the best in the league at utilizing the players that he has and playing to their strengths. And mm-hmm. I know I just said that we haven't seen much of Trey Lance, but I can almost say without a shadow of a doubt that he's a better quarterback than Nick Mullins is. So mm-hmm. I'm pretty excited now that I'm thinking about it, like seeing what this offense is going to be able to do this year. Yeah, for sure. So. With that, um, did I introduce them or did you? I can't remember. I think I introduced <laughs> Okay, so let's move on to our number eight team, the second of the four AFC West teams that we'll be talking about this episode, the Los Angeles Chargers. So um, this really just comes down to whether you buy into all of the Justin Herbert type. Mm-hmm. Half of this podcast does. Half of this podcast Seems to buy in a little less. Um, why don't you tell the people why you hate Justin Herbert so much? I certainly do not hate Justin <laughs> Herbert. All right. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, the dude's stats are crazy. I I, I am making a very simple postu- postulation, which is just maybe in a competitive team-based sport, you should get at least a little bit of results before people start talking about you as being one of the best quarterbacks in the league. That's all. I just think um, a playoffs appearance even would be nice. Um, It's just like, 
man, I don't want to say this every time we talk about the Chargers, but like, I just don't think that this team knows how to not choke. I mean, like that game against the Raiders was perfect proof. I, I think like, you know, the 2020 season, you can kind of look at as a array of unfortunate situations that they like were able to, to climb out of. Um, and I will give them that. But one year ago, uh, the Chargers were being lauded as one of the best teams in the AFC. And I sat here on this podcast and said, I really don't understand why everybody is so sold on this team. And they didn't even make the playoffs. So like, I think the Chargers have an insane asset in Justin Herbert. I mean, the dude's arm is incredible. Don't get me wrong. And I think like, man, I've talked and talked and talked about my obsession with Khalil Mack on this show before. So for me to not like credit that as being a huge move for them, especially considering, like I said earlier, like the pressure of like quarterback play in this, in this division, I I think like this team is great, has made some great moves and sort of like you were saying about the AFC about the NFC West earlier. Like we're about to talk about all three AFC West teams that we haven't talked about yet before we get into the top five here. So like, these guys are like this division can like munch up uh, these playoff spots. And I certainly expect the chargers to finally do that this year. But like, they, they like, I think people need to do themselves a fa- the favor of like stepping back and realizing since Justin Herbert joined this team, like they have a record of like 10 and 17. <laughs> like it, it really has not been the complete whirlwind of success that I, that I, people seem to be talking about it like it is at, le- at least to me but you but you're bought in so tell me why i'm wrong i mean you make some very compelling points there but i think that justin herbert has done all that he personally can do to lead this team to point of success now or not they haven't found that success is because of coaching or because of a lack of you know contribution from other parts of the team it, we'll see but I just think that he's shown all that he can show in his first two years of the NFL to um, make a case for himself already being, you know, one of the five best quarterbacks in the league. And I expect him to continue to do that this year. And I think him coming into the same system that they just had last year, um, I think that continuity can help him a lot personally. And it's going to help him as offense. And uh yeah this is still my in the division i think that you know i bought into the hype like you said and um like you talked about them adding Khalil mack that's going to be huge having Khalil mack on one side of the uh defensive line having uh joey bosa on the other side they're going to be terrorizing opposing quarterbacks they added jc jackson to the secondary so that's gonna shore up um a bit of a position that was a bit of a problem for them at times last year. And I'm just, I'm just excited to see if they're able to live up to the hype that I am giving them along with what seems to be a majority of the rest of the NFL fan base. If you had to pick, if you, okay, let's just say Justin Herbert was on the Rams last year. Well, they won the Super Bowl. You think? See, I don't know because I actually, (laughs) Because, like, Stafford was one of the quarterbacks that he was put above on the tier list that kicked off this big discussion between the two of us about Herbert. Like, I that's think... Why, that's why that's who I went with. I know. I, I, 
No, I'm, I just don't think so. Honestly, like, I just think that, I think that, like, the, the Stafford brought a very specific thing to that offense, which was just, like, years of of learning in the in the troughs. And I just, and I just really think that, like, that is what Justin Herbert is missing. Like, I, I don't necessarily think, I mean, the Rams are an incredible team, don't get me wrong, but I also think the Chargers have been putting together, like, a pretty strong team on on paper if you if you like trade herbert for um for you uh stafford i think like the chargers probably get more worse than the rams do but i think both teams get worse so (laughs) i don't know i think that like Hmm. stylistically like this is what i'm trying to say like i i I like i think that like Herbert has some insanely raw skill that this team like can learn to tap into, but I like I think that there is just a lot of refining that still has to come for the the game leadership aspect of of the position, at least in my opinion. Um. All right. Yeah. Justin Herbert is not good. That's exactly what a Jacob Wilkinson take. <laughs> let's talk about a good quarterback, okay? Listen, let's talk. A, let's go. Let's climb the mountain. This Broncos country. Let's Broncos ride. country. Let's ride. Number seven, the Denver Broncos. Um, surely, at some form of uh, bias for me that they've appeared above the Chargers. Although I think we both had them seventh on our power rankings, so I don't know if you had the Chargers like sixth overall. Yeah, I, I did. I had Broncos like seven, Chargers yeah. six. Yep. Yeah. Oh well. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's fine. I think that the Broncos are probably the better team by a small margin. I am so insanely excited about the Broncos. I've said it all before, but even with this. Tim Patrick injury. I think that our wide receiving room has so many exciting options. Um, I really like the O line that we've been putting together. I'm super excited about Albert O as well as our new tight end. Um, both of which coming into their new roles, the defense has signed, has re-signed all of its key players and was starting to like the chart of like points per game for the Broncos defense last year, like even though we started losing, like is actually like a line graph of just like the defense holding teams, the lower points, but yeah. our offenses trend was about the same direction. So that's why we <laughs> lost all of the games. Um, but there is one key stat that the Broncos sink and swim by that key stat is control of the field, time of possession, time on the f- offensive time on the field, basically. Um, like literally if we had more than our opponent, we won. And that happened seven times. I think if we had less than our opponent, we lost, which happened 10 times. Um, and wouldn't you know it, the Broncos went after a, the thing that they needed most, a franchise QB, a quarterback that, um, has a brain and an arm that both work at the same time, most of the time. And, um, is, very skilled at scrambling and holding time of possession. Um, notoriously Russell Wilson. And I, I just can't help, but be crazy excited about this team. I mean, I just like the Broncos have been 
thirsty, thirsty, thirsty for a good quarterback. I think that me and many other coping Broncos fans have said it many times that that's all it would take for us to be a good team. And um, I think it, it really any quarterback on the market this offseason would have been a good move. But I'm I think that Russell Wilson stylistically is a great matchup for the Broncos. And he's a really smart guy who I think is going to provide a lot of wisdom to this offense. And also I think he's going to find himself having something that he was losing in Seattle, which is just control over the offensive scheme. Essentially they have a new head coach, um, not just to the team, but also to the head coach position period. And Nathaniel Hackett coming um, from green Bay, he served as their offensive coordinator. Um, That's been a kind of a good offense for the last few years. I don't know if you guys know that, but. They've been all right. They've won yeah. 13 games the last three seasons. Uh, Produced uh, the, the NFL season. That's right. Oh, so um, that guy plus Russell Wilson plus, I mean, one of the blankest slates in the league, I think. Uh, I, I think that like this offense is going to form around the second coming of Russell Wilson. And I think <laughs> that this player is going to have a um, like – old man Russ punished Russ era in Denver. I think that, I think that like we're truly going to see a second phase of Russell Wilson's career with this team. I think that this is an insanely good stylistic, stylistic matchup, like I've said, and I'm not confident calling them Super Bowl contenders on this show, even though I bet $40 on it. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, I, I have them at number seven, but Broncos country, let's ride, man. I, I'm feeling good, dude. <laughs> Broncos country, let's ride. <laughs> yeah, so I totally agree with your assessment that, like, for the past couple seasons, it's been, man, if this team had a quarterback, they sure would be real good, huh? Um, mm-hmm. And here we are with the former MVP, former Super Bowl champion, Russell Wilson, joining the fray. Um, I think this is going to do wonders for the team. It's going to do wonders for Cortland Sutton, who had a down year last year coming off his injury. Um, now he's going to be a year removed from his injury and playing with by far the best quarterback he's ever played with. I think we're about to see just absolute dominance from Cortland Sutton. And now maybe Jay Judy will catchable passes. And he's like led league in catchable targets the last two years. So it'll be good to see if he can actually live up to the ad coming out of college. Um, some... They've made some good moves on defense as well, even though they weren't able to bring back Von Miller. Gregory, which I love to see him get pushed away from the Cowboys. I think oh, that's yeah. going to be a really good move for them. I think Bradley Chubb is still going to be a monster as the leader of this defense this year. I'm excited to watch the Broncos this year. So, um, very happy for you. Very happy for uh, Broncos country. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, it's going to be a good time. Um, I mean... I just, I love when everybody in the league is giving the AFC West their flowers, even though um, uh, one of my favorite Smash players, Mango, actually, I'm just going to say my favorite Smash player, Mango, he plays for Cloud9. He um, was saying how he loves when the other, like, gods of the game are good, even though they're his least favorite people to play against, because that's when, like, the wins mean, mean the most. And I think, like, this division just has such a history of like like winning the like you know oh you win the afc east that's cute (laughs) you know what i mean (laughs) like the afc west is a crown and um we are have a history of 
munching up these division spots and just kind of like hard checking teams from these other divisions who are spending a whole season proving they're better than the Tennessee Titans. Like, Oh my gosh, congratulations. Beat three AFC West teams. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I think uh, I'm really excited to see the way that this division plays out. And of course it all comes down to the final boss, the team that is always there to be taken over. You can introduce the next one. I think I've already made it pretty obvious, but <laughs> your other favorite team, in the NFL, the team you love to see succeed more than anybody besides the Broncos, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. A lot of people expecting a down year from the Chiefs, I think, with the departure of Tyreek Hill, but still have Pat Mahomes, one of the best quarterbacks in the game, and still have Reed, one of the best coaches in the game. I think that people are sleeping on them a little bit too hard. Mm-hmm. Um, Expecting them to be a little too down, in my opinion. This is still going to be a very good team. Obviously, I kill is going to be a big blow, but this is still um, one of the best. That's why we have them, I think, as the top team in the AFC West. Even though I, I put them above the Chargers, even though I, I um, expect the Chargers to unseat them as the champions of this division. But it's just because of the history of this team, they've earned that respect. I believe. Yeah. So, um, what do you have to say about the Chiefs? Um, I think even though, uh, don't get me wrong, the Tyreek Hill move is gonna be a bummer. I mean, he was like clearly the best target that Patrick Mahomes had in this offense. Um, but I think like even though he's getting older, um, Travis Kelsey to me like represents a lot. Like him and Patrick Mahomes represent a lot of the like sauce of this offense just kind of the different ways that those two players interact like a lot of the time sort of open the door for like a for a a good wide open pass to Tyreek Hill or Mm. um just like enabled some really sneaky first downs um I think that like even on his way out the door Travis Kelsey is still presenting a like level of tight end like a a bar for the other tight ends in this league to to jump and get at basically um has like sort of reinvented this position and i think like as as long as him and patrick mahomes and andy reed are like all pitching in on the huddle like this is still going to be an insanely smart offense that a lot of teams just aren't going to be ready for um and until travis kelsey leaves that's about how much time they have to show me who the next Tyreek Hill is. And I'm sure they're going to figure it out pretty quickly. So um, I think like an, an outside the top five preseason ranking for the chiefs, which we aren't the only people doing that also um, it's kind of a, a shock given the like dynasty era that they've been in during yeah. our, our time doing this show. But um, like the six, I think, speaks to sort of what you were saying, which is like, even when it's like, oh, well, you lost, I'm like, probably the best athlete on this team. Okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're still the Chiefs. So I'm sure, I'm sure you guys will figure it out. Um, next up, kicking off the top five, we have a team that I actually placed um, at number three overall. Yeah, my turn to be the Debbie Downer. That's right. We are talking about last year's Super Bowl run up which i i think still is so crazy <laughs> yeah uh, 
the AFC champions, the Cincinnati Bengals coming in here at number five. Like I said, I put them at number three overall. I think Drew had them at like six, number we, eight, I believe actually. Yeah, I think you're right. They, there was like a tie between the, them and the chiefs that we settled with, with my higher placement. Um, yeah. The Bengals, I think even the, the first statement I made on the 2022 Bengals was on our first, um, fourth and goal of the off season, I said in pretty plain language that I didn't really think that they were going to be the same factor in the NFL that they were last season and that they probably had grown up a little too early and weren't really going to cash in on that. Um, I think that that was an opinion that I, to this day, see mirrored. I mean, like people are putting them in the top five because like they were in the Super Bowl last year and they didn't lose any key players, but like, Really, not a lot of people have been putting a spotlight on the Bengals that much, and which is why I feel like every time they come, every time you see their name in a power rankings article, you're like, "Oh yeah, number four. Well, I mean, that makes sense. They were in the Super Bowl. I forgot. Yeah. Like, they just they're like always left out of the conversation. Um, but it comes down to like one very clear thing to me, which is this team looked at their run last year and said, "Man, we almost put it all together and." We really, really lost a lot of key moments at the offensive line. And never before have I seen a team that like breaking into a new echelon in the league go after the their biggest weakness as ferociously as the Cincinnati Bengals did this offseason. They signed three extremely weathered veterans to their offensive line, highly drafted two new ones, brought like five completely new guys to this O-line have been running O-line drills this whole off season practiced against the Rams yesterday um, in order to get some new reps in for all of their new uh, offensive defenders. I, I think this team recognized very clearly that they were not giving Joe Burrow a lot of time in the pocket. I mean, you can look at some of the key moments in the Rams Super Bowl as, as proof of that because I mean, Aaron Donald and Von Miller were eating their dinners and his for basically that whole game. Um, so I, you know, th- like I, I think the Rams and the bills and a couple of other teams are going to continue to present like a level of play that the Bengals might still be growing into. But I'm going to say that I think that this is probably the first pair of receivers off of the table in most drafts. I think that like, they're both going to get a lot of good touches this this uh, season. I really like the Joe Mixon-Joe Burrow combo. And I think that Joe Burrow just really deserves some of the respect that, in my eyes, he earned last year as an insanely talented quarterback and a, a phenomenal leader of his team. So I, I, I am scared of the Bengals. I, I think that this is a really good team. Um, you can Debbie down, I suppose. No, I mean, there's nothing... That you have agree with you nailed you hit the nail right on the head when you talked about them attacking their uh, most glaring deficiency in that offensive line to throw on the last play of the Super Bowl that you've been talking about you know Super Bowl with how open Jamar Chase was down the field um that wide receiver core is a stain with Jamar Chase and T Higgins both could they could both be a 1A on any team in the NFL I think um, and Tyler Boyd is a, a sneaky good wide receiver three to have on your team. Um, I think 
gives me pause most about the Bengals mostly their coaching staff Zach Taylor mm-hmm. really before this past year didn't really show any sort of uh, head coaching chops that gave you any confidence that he would be able to keep this job going forward and there were just several games last year where you know um, they were ten seven in the regular season there were several games last year where you thought they should have won that but they mm-hmm. ended up disappointing you know week two they lost last year allowed them to hang 34 on them so maybe defenses things you're talking about a little bit they lost 41 to 16 to the brown the point last season 41 to 22 against the Chargers. they're gonna have to clean up those type of games before i think i'm ready probably in the top five especially with all mm-hmm. the other talent that we have in the afc but i mean Name some guys on this offense and you'll understand why they are so highly regarded yeah. among league circles and all that. So no hate from from me for the Bengals. Uh, I just want to make sure that's clear. Yeah, no, I know. I'm just giving you a hard time. Since since you put on record <laughs> that I'm a Justin Herbert hater, <laughs> you piece of crap. All right, here we have a number four. At number four, we have the... Green Bay Packers led another year by Aaron Ayahuasca, as our friend Jake <laughs> called him. Aaron Rodgers, MVP seasons. It's going to be really hard for him to do that again this year, especially considering the departure of his buddy and uh, number one target, Devontae Adams. But this team has won 13 games, I think, a year since Matt LaFleur has been the head coach. Oh, yeah. And, uh, I don't see a reason why they can't do it again, uh, especially with them playing in the NFC, not having to play as many of the AFC West has to West even has to. So, I'm expecting big things again for the Packers this year. I think that this might kind of be it for them if they don't mm-hmm. make it happen this year. So I think they're all going to be feeling that sense of urgency. Um, Rodgers still technically has one year left after this year, but with all that's happened with him in the past couple of years, who knows if he'll be around for that. But Especially if this one doesn't go well. Especially if this one doesn't go well. If they're right on the cusp again, then yeah, I think they'll run it back. Of yeah. course. But um, yeah, it just depends on how this year. But I personally think this year will go really well for them, and I'm as someone who doesn't hate the Packers, I'm excited to see what they're able to do. Yeah, I think the sort of Damocles is certainly hanging over this team. Um, I, I think knife. that this, yeah, <laughs> I think that this franchise is playing the franchise game worse than almost any other team in the league right now, and I don't really see anybody else talking about that. The yeah. the movement that happened with. Justin Fields was uh, not sorry, not Justin Fields. Their, their version of Justin Fields. Um, Jordan Love. Jordan Love, thank you. Oh my gosh, uh, Jordan Love. Yeah, that whole play to me was. I, I can't believe an NFL franchise went through that situation the way that they did. Like creating this random tension between themselves and Aaron Rodgers. Who don't get me wrong, I'm. I'm not trying to say the man deserves respect, but like he's returned a lot a of good for this real, team on a personal on a, level. On a personal level, yeah. <laughs> like, but he's he's returned a lot of good for this franchise. Um, creating that tension with him when he like wasn't anywhere really near 
the way out, like almost sort of just, I, I mean, not even almost very clearly just kind of pissed him off and like lit a fire underneath him to stick it out. Um, they then had to take a terrible trade to get rid of the guy. And then not to mention that they drafted him in the first round. Like, and now they're sitting here like one 10 win season away from not having Aaron Rodgers anymore, which I think like it, it, to me, like if you want to talk about teams being respect seated, like I think like it, there's just no reason to believe that this team isn't going to like get 12, probably clinch the division. But I think that this is the season where they could do less than that. I think that like I've already said, I think the Vikings are posing a threat that they've never really posed before in this division. Um, the lions are, you know, everybody's sweethearts. I think they're going to try and take some games and like the NFC as a whole, the, the top of the table in the NFC is scary. And like, it's really, I honestly, I think it's harder to have a playoff campaign in the NFC than it is to have in the AFC. Um, like just because of the way that these teams come out during the playoffs. And honestly, like the Packers, uh, the Cowboys more so, but the Packers really are kind of proof of how true that is because every year they look like, such a game buster team. And then they don't really know how to put up against Tom Brady or an AFC West offense in the postseason. So like I, I at number four, I, I like, I think that this team is obviously still the Packers and obviously still has a lot of great things going for them, but like they have shot themselves in the foot on contingency plans and um, losing Devonte if losing Devonte Adams actually does matter like this team is going to like skyrocket to the bottom of the table I think but at least for now probably another Aaron Rodgers MVP campaign and 12 wins if I had to guess yeah. so um but I think I think that they they are like of of the top 5 offenses I mean of the top 5 teams we're talking about this episode this is the one that I least expect to hold like a dynasty position in this league for much longer. I mean, I don't know. The Buccaneers are playing with fire too. Do you, do you want to get into number three? Yeah, definitely. Number three. And I, I'll mention that our top four teams here, we were perfectly aligned on. So no more mm-hmm. discrepancies. Number three, we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think if I made my power rankings again right now, I don't know if I'd have the Buccaneers this high. I've kind of been souring on them a little bit lately. It was just all this Tom Brady drama and just, the injuries that they've been having to go through in training camp and you know people don't talk about the fact that they're transitioning the head coach position um very much but i don't know there's a lot of things that could go wrong for the buccaneers this year and then you've got the saints and right behind them in the division that are you know threatening kind of like the the vikings are threatening the packers i think and except the saints have had the buccaneers number um Mm. these past two years especially it's just really hard to to predict against tom brady and i think i have the the stones to do that so that's why they're up here at number three for me yeah i mean like the buccaneers are getting number two seedings and some power rankings which kind of blows my gourd with the two teams that we have left to talk about being on the yeah table. absolutely um like and I, I think that really speaks to just how much people expect Tom Brady to always be a factor. Um, it's kind of funny that we've been talking about all these teams as like, you know, being like one little pop away from everything falling apart. But I got to say, like, speaking to this Tom Brady drama, I don't think his wife is very happy that he's playing this season. <laughs> <laughs> like, I I am kind of curious why he's here. Like, low key, I think that there was a, like some 
some begging done. Like, I don't think that this is necessarily as much on him as it is on just the Buccaneers, like needing a quarterback pretty badly. Yeah. They were, uh, uh, they were him staying retired away from them being like maybe in the twenties in these yeah. power rankings. So yeah, for sure. Like I, I think Fournette is a great running back, even though, you know, there's been a bunch of memes about him this off season. I think that he's still going to be a weapon. Um, they still have a, a pretty solid wide receiving room, which we've talked about before. Like, any any five guys who can catch a ball turns into like an S tier receiving offense with Tom Brady as their quarterback. <laughs> yeah. So, um, like, I, I yeah, I understand like why these guys are allotted, um, but they're just the NFC is coming for this team's seat at at the top of the table. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think that they they they're going to have to be fighting to to prove this number three spot. Um, and I just want to say, I mean, the two teams we have left uh, a. A, a more close-minded listener might be like, Jesus Christ, I can't believe that they let Jacob and Drew put Rams and Bills <laughs> at, at the, in the top two again. All right, sorry about that. Uh, my computer disconnected. I'm back on my phone. But yeah, I mean, it's no surprise why we are always talking so highly about these teams because I think that they are obviously the, t- the two most exciting teams we have in the NFL. And right now, looking to me like, the clear contend or the ones to the teams to be in each conference, I guess you could say. So um, at number two, we have the Los Angeles Rams, our reigning Super Bowl champions, uh, just about running it back. They have no Von Miller. I believe they have no Odell Beckham Jr. as well. Um, yeah, not yet, but yeah. still heavily believed he'll join the team at some point. Mm hmm. Um, and they actually added a couple new options as well. Um, but I think like you really don't even have to, I, I think like the changes this off season are a pretty big non-factor for the Rams really, because for the most part, like a lot of people last year said like, Oh, they're cashing it all in on winning this ring. And that's true. But also most of these contracts are still here and the, the core identity of this team has stuck around. You know, we still have yeah. the, iconic duo of Matt Stafford and Cooper cup, which I think is uh, Matthew Stafford, sorry, uh, and Cooper cup who uh, shocked everybody week in and week out last year, turning Cooper cup into the number one receiver in the league and probably the true MVP of the 2021 season. Um, we still have Aaron Donald holding it down on defense, choking them out, um, <laughs> taking necks and taking names and uh, taking yeah. helmets and taking names. I don't know if you saw, but the Bengals and Rams got a practice. And Aaron Donald was dual wielding uh, Bengals helmets. <laughs> yeah, he's things. a crazy guy. <laughs> um, I mean, he's got that dog in him. I don't know what else to say. Like you, you want an absolute maniac on defense and that's what, and that's who they have in Aaron Donald. Um, yeah. yeah, I think like, yeah, at the end of the day, this team is like honestly still the 2021 Rams and uh, like are still the same 30 point Sean McVay offense that we've been scared of, of truly the whole time that they've been around. And uh, I think like as long as they are able to continue working with Matthew Stafford, they're going to just keep proving how, how much his time in Detroit was wasted. Um, I think like, this is going to be another really solid team a year for this team, even with the division they're surrounded with and a gauntlet of four AFC West games. 
to yep. to look ahead to. Yeah, you basically said it all. They're running it back with the team that just won the Super Bowl, and I think they have the best chance of uh, any team we've seen the last few years of being a back-to-back champion. So um, I certainly thought that about the Eagles the year after they won the Super Bowl, and that obviously didn't happen. But uh, I don't have any homer bias on this one, so <laughs> I, I think... Uh, that definitely is the case. And how lucky are we that we get to, in week one, first game of the NFL season, we get to see them play this next team, our number one ranked team. Number one ranked team pretty much anywhere you look. Um, mm-hmm. If they're not, you're probably a writer for a Patriots blog or something mm-hmm. like that. But the Buffalo Bills, on paper at least, are the best team in the NFL. And I'm kind of scared because they have a lot of, they, this is really lofty expectations for them to live up to. It won't oh, take yeah. a lot for them to like stay below expectations, but mm-hmm. I think that you know just the way we've seen Josh Allen improve every year. We, we had a bit of a down, down quote unquote year from Stefan Diggs last year. I think he's going to explode onto the scene this. He's going to explode back onto the scene this year, and potentially even finish as the best wide receiver in the NFL statistically this year. I, this defense is just as solid as it was. A year ago and i just think we're gonna see a, a form of dominance we haven't seen from an nfl team in quite some time from the bills mm-hmm. this year yeah i completely agree i think um i was talking to my my parents recently and they sort of just asked like why is it that everyone is sold on the bills right now and i think it's just that like during this playoffs run everybody else saw what you and i have been like proselytizing this this whole time on the show yeah. which is just like how insanely juicy this offense can be and like how crazy fundamentally strong this defense is i think like the this team can just go even with without having it what i love so much about the bills roster is like they are of all the teams that we've talked about on this episode like one of the hardest teams to be like, all right, let me sell you on this roster. Blank, blank, blank. You know what I mean? Like they don't really, it's not a star studded cast. Um, yeah. But it, it's all homegrown talent. Every player on this team, like, is outside of Von Miller, like, showing their first real, like, stint on a, on a good NFL team right now, like playing for the Bills. Um, their, like, running back situation is like two completely new running backs uh, who both have a lot of skill and they're not really sure which one is like ready to take over as number one. Their like wide receiving situation is just like all these different guys who at different times are showing like flashes of brilliance with Josh Allen. And it's like, this is a team that still has like so much growing up to do. And yet they're already like taking it to the very last second against the chiefs and putting up 30 against the Rams. And I like, I just, I'm so excited about what we have to come from this team. And I think that um, this is going to be a very spicy season for them, which is why I'm not surprised that they're currently being lauded as number one, because I think like maybe not everyone would put it into words the exact same way, but I think most NFL fans right now think that what it takes to be the best team in the league and what it's taken to be like the Super Bowl champion for the last few years or like um, a conference champion for the last few seasons has been like 
a versatile offense with a bunch of chemistry with a creative as hell quarterback who like cannot be put down um, and a defense that can lock some of the best teams in the league out of 30 point games. And the bills like are both of those things. And um, Josh Allen is really everything that I think just about anybody is looking for in a franchise quarterback right now. And all it takes is like, watching him for one game to want to wear a jersey like the dude is like he's 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 so much fun to watch play football so yeah i'm i'm very excited about the bills this year and they are our number one pick um and if if the broncos don't win the super bowl this year as if it's one of these two teams i think i'm still going to be in a pretty good mood so lots of (laughs) lots of excitement um coming into the season for me and i'm ready to, to watch some football man I'm ready to get into it. Two weeks from today. Woo, I'm so excited. These two teams, in fact, two weeks yep. from today. So <laughs> make sure to be here um, two weeks from yesterday. Well, two weeks from two days ago for you guys. Assuming I get this episode up in time, inshallah, Godspeed. Um, thank you for <laughs> listening to NFLs. Make sure to tell your friends. Um, we're about to get back into the spaghetti of the dinner and uh, start picking games. Uh, are you know our old meat potatoes the classic the bread and butter oh um, yeah what are we doing next week i forgot that is a good question i will have to get with our producer and get with uh, make sure we have a I, I, maybe a hot takes maybe uh yeah hot takes sounds good actually prop bets or something like that prop maybe. bets that's right prop bets yeah. that's what we're gonna do first yeah. ever we'll season-long have... prop bets episode for the nflist I like it. Yeah, we'll have some guests on next episode, I'm guessing. Do our, since we've sorted out all of the teams about as heavily as we can, um, just do our classic last minute bold predictions. And then the week after that, we, you and I, Andrew, are going to sit down in this very Discord channel and pick the winners of 16 NFL games. And oh, I am so excited. Baby. I, I well. <laughs> well thank you all for listening to the fellas thank you um b for being a very cute cat i'm petting his belly right now and he's pretty happy with it he normally destroys these recordings so shout out to him for not doing that today um and <laughs> you know uh, is he the thank- one that unplugged your computer yeah, probably yeah <laughs> <laughs> um but also my my computer cord is kind of broken so i think he just not, ah, okay, it was okay. just not his fault um yeah, and thank you uh, for supporting listeners like you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> and Chick-fil-A. Just kidding. My name is Jacob Wilkinson. My name is Drew Wade, and as always... Bird up. Broncos country. Bird up. Let's ride. Let's ride. <laughs> <laughs>